the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guest this hour is the uh, founder of The Culinary Cure, and uh, she is the pioneer of culinary resilience. When I first read that, I thought it was culinary resistance, but that may turn <laughs> out to be truer than not as we uh, talk with Kristen Cofield, who joins me by phone. Hi, Kristen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. And that, yeah, that little flip there, I think actually a lot of people do have culinary resistance. <laughs> they, uh, they're willfully um, ignorant of the power that food can play in the quality of their lives. Well, tell me about the, the culinary cure first. Um, what, what is that exactly? Is it an organization? It is, is it a, a cookbook? Um, it is my website, theculinarycure.com, and it is where I keep all the resources for people who are really looking to harness the power on the end of their fork and use food more intentionally. And this is, this is a big disconnect for a lot of people. We're mindless eaters, and, and mindless eating is the enemy of mindful health. So for most people, this really is almost a re-education process, and it's so simple that people are kind of like, what? Um, really, we shouldn't be eating any foods that weren't around when our great-grandparents were kids. So it's, it's kind of a going back to using food as fuel and understanding the kind of fuel that our engines run on. So knowledge is power. I like to empower people with the knowledge to make better food choices. Well, and I, I meant to add uh, when I was introducing you, Kristen, that in addition to being the founder of The Culinary Cure and uh, the pioneer of culinary resistance, or resilience, <laughs> I should say, um, you are also the author of uh, a book called How Healthy People Eat. And a lot of what we're going to be talking about is contained in that in that book as well as uh, on your website. Um, and, you know, I feel so relieved that you said we shouldn't be eating food that wasn't around when our great-grandparents were around. Because there are a lot of things that people tell me I shouldn't eat that were around <laughs> when they were around. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking about red meat. I, you know, I'm a red meat eater. I don't feel, you know, I'm born and raised in the, in the Midwest. And I don't feel like I've had a meal unless there's meat and potatoes. I hear you. And, um, you know, there's what's really happened, and this is why I wrote my book, how Healthy People Eat, An Eater's Guide to Healthy Habits. What's really happened is that our industrial and commercialized farming practices have changed the food we're eating. So the beef that your great-grandparents were eating is different than the beef most of us are eating today. And so many of the animals are actually farmed in such really shocking Conditions. If people if people saw where their meat um, came from, um, they would be they would be pretty um, they would be vegetarians. You know, I, it's funny you say that because I you know I think not only do I not want to see where it came from, I'm not sure I want you to tell me what it is. 
Right. <laughs> and I, right. I had that experience once with uh, calamari. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well... You know, I like to think because I love food. So this is so my background is culinary. I call myself a culinary coach or a culinary disruptor or a culinary educator because I want this to be really accessible to people. I wrote this book to make it so simple for people to understand what to do and that it's not expensive or time-consuming or complicated, but that it's actually really simple, and, and that we can still enjoy all the foods we love, you know, I would say to you, you can absolutely eat, you know, good quality beef four to five times a week, you know, no more. I would say, you, you know, you would stick to six to eight ounces um, per serving, uh, no more than that, um, and, and that's, you know, like once a day, right? You know, you can eat, yeah, I, you should be eat, you know. That's, that's, uh, go ahead. that's how I, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. And I find that as I get older, I tend to eat smaller portions, just sort of naturally, you know, without doing it consciously. A lot of times, um, especially uh, food professionals, you know, will talk about, well, you should have, you know, six to eight ounces and so on. And I don't think in terms of six or eight ounces, right. I look at it and go, that's too much to eat. <laughs> right, right. Sometimes you can just tell when you see it on the plate, like, oh, that could really feed two people. And, and so what's kind of happened is we as humans and certainly as Americans, who are many of us eating the standard American diet, which is linked to lifestyle diseases, things like obesity and diabetes and heart disease, neurological decline, some cancers. So we are, we are supposed to be eating, we're omnivores, we're supposed to be eating, you know, plants and animals. And the way people have eaten for centuries is there is that animal protein, but we use the whole animal. Right, so you might be getting meat um, at a couple of meals a day, but different parts of the animal because nothing was wasted. And so, what's happened is, is we've gone from being, you know, omnivores to being carnivores that eat carbohydrates. And people are eating too much meat because meat has become inexpensive because of the way we're raising it. And so all this inexpensive meat that's flooding the market, these animals aren't eating what those animals would have eaten when your great-grandparents were kids, right? They're, they're eating corn and soy, and they're being treated with hormones and antibiotics. So all of that ends up in the meat. So if you don't want to eat genetically modified corn, you've got to know that you are what you eat and you are what your food eats. So we've, I wanted to write my book so that people could understand, one, the importance that food plays in their overall health and wellness. So that's what culinary resilience is. When we eat in a way that nourishes our microbiome, our gut, that's the home of, you know, our whole immune response. So our, really our health starts in our gut. So we want to eat in a way that feeds our gut 
gives us all the nutrients we need, lets us eat our favorite foods, right? Our favorite whole foods, not processed foods, because processed foods are sort of franken foods. And and it's so powerful because people like like just what you're saying, you kind of know you don't need to eat more than maybe six ounces of meat. Um, if we slow down and we remember all those things our grandparents and our parents said, slow down, chew your food, you know, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Stop when you're 80% full. Don't be drinking liquids with your meals. All those things really do make, make a difference. Yeah, and I, it's funny you say that because I remember my my dad was a real stickler for manners, and reaching at the table was one of his big peeves. <laughs> <laughs> and now people aren't even eating at the table. I know, I know. For for years, when my kids were little, I had a cartoon with a magnet on the uh, refrigerator that showed this little boy tugging on his mother's apron and said, Mom, can we eat at the table like those people on TV do? And, and it was just—it was so charming, and it was—and it was a yeah. reminder to us to sit down and have a meal right. each day. Right—that that is such a good point. Sit down, slow down. Uh, you know, a meal should be this enjoyment. We should be having conversation. You know, I think of food as being community and history and. Family and conversation. Everybody and do it or brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. 
East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses. And where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County. Where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. More with the author of How Healthy People Eat, Kristen Cofield, straight ahead. Dinner time was supposed to be just like, you're eating dinner now. Nothing else is happening here. We're going to have a conversation and this nice meal, and we're, you know, this is important. This is a reboot, a reset. You know, it's. It, I'm glad you brought that that up because it's not just at home with the kids and you know their thumbs going like crazy on their mobile devices and you know all of that around the table when they're when they're at a table um but i miss restaurants that Mm. that had ambience not activity Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go into restaurants, and, and they're all glorified sports bars now. Ah, you're, t- you're speaking my language, Tom. And, and you know, it's the TVs are blaring. TV. And, yeah, I can't help. If they've got, you know, CNN or Fox on, I, you know, I can't help looking up and reading the crawls. And, you know, I get caught up in that, too. But I really miss a restaurant where you could go, and they didn't have that. You know, maybe maybe cloth napkins and and a you know, uh, an actual tablecloth and you know real, <laughs> real dishes. <laughs> yeah, and, well, you're bringing up something interesting because I, I'm I'm going to throw this out to you and and to everybody else to think about. We've spent so much time in front of screens this past year. Do you think that maybe restaurants will kind of be like, okay, people have had enough. You know, they they are they want to get out and eat. Like, we don't need to have all these screens going all the time. I, you know, I, I hope so. 
I, you know, I would like to think that that's one of the, uh, one of the things that, that comes about in what people are referring to as the new normal. Um, but, but also this is an interesting time for your book to be coming out because if everybody's like me, they've spent the last year sitting up in bed with a bag of chips binge watching netflix or hulu or or something Mm -hmm. and you know and i know what's wrong when i'm doing it but i've been doing what i've been calling boredom eating yeah yeah the um there was a statistic that just came out that said how much weight have we actually gained during covid and um it's two pounds a month so people have been gaining weight and it's a combination of not being as active um, because obviously a lot of gyms and things were were closed um, and different eating patterns and and so you know I think <laughs> I was talking to a doctor the other day and and he's he he asked me he said are you getting any exercise and I said does walking from the bed to the couch count <laughs> right right safe social distancing from my refrigerator you know just. Trying to stay healthy. Well, but at the same time, people are cooking more, too. That's, so, yeah, that is a good thing. And and one of the things that I'm always confronting is people getting, like, frustrated. They're like, oh, my gosh, you know, it's so much work to shop, cook, and eat. And, and you know, I just prefer to, like, grab something or buy a pre-made something And what I say to people is this, when you prepare your own food, you know exactly what's in it. And it's not actually expensive to do your own food prep. It's actually a great way to save money because most of us throw out 43% of the food we buy. So it's like a shocking amount of food that gets thrown out. And um, so we're throwing away food that we're not using or we're getting served too much food in restaurants and we're not eating it. So there's, there's all this waste involved. And that waste ends up in landfills and ends up heating up the planet. But when we have a plan, and we have a plan, and I have 200 recipes on my website at theculinarycure.com. And I am all about make it quick and easy because I don't want to spend more time cooking than I need to. I want to spend time doing what we just talked about, sitting with my husband or talking with my kids. I want to spend time enjoying that meal and really taking a break from all that screen time. So, you know, we, we can be more mindful. We can save money. We can align our consumer dollars with our values by, you know, only purchasing products from companies we know are doing a good job taking care of their people, taking care of the planet, um, and we can avoid throwing our money away. So if we have a plan for the food we buy, we're much less likely to throw it out at the end of the week. We should have an empty refrigerator at the end of the week. So I tell people, take Sunday, make a meal plan. You can go to culinarycure.com. You can get all kinds of simple recipes. Make a meal plan. Plan your meals, plan your snacks. You're going to be much less likely to eat a bag of chips sitting in your bed if you don't have a bag of chips in your house, but you've got, you know, some celery sticks and some hummus and maybe some nuts, 
And then you save your treat eating for your weekends. And that's a really sustainable way of living. It, it is. And, and that's why I say I think this is a real interesting time um, for you to be coming out with this book, How Healthy People Eat. Um, because I think people realize that, yeah, the situation has been, you know, kind of stressful and, um, you know, people have been stuck at home and out of touch with family and friends and, you know, spending a lot of screen time, as you say. And, you know, the the eating habits, I think people know that what they've been doing is not really good for them, is not really healthy for them. Um, but you know it it like i said it it became boredom eating you know eating for something to do and not because it was you know part of a celebration or or just the ritual of getting nourishment every day right right now you have some tips and and one of them really caught my eye um because so many people tell me to just try to avoid salt altogether and you suggest switching to a healthier salt. Mm-hmm. Which, yes. Which I think is really an interesting idea. Well, so when we talked about eating foods that our great-grandparents would recognize, that would mean we wouldn't be eating a lot of processed foods. And when we talk about sodium... Um, there's two kinds of salt that, we, that we're dealing with here. Sodium chloride is actually a manufactured salt. It's, it's what you buy when you buy a blue uh, container of salt. You buy the grocery store brand of salt. I know the so one. Yes. So it's made in a lab, and it is used in every processed food out there. Well, yeah, um, but it's, it's iodized. And that is whatever about, that right, is, <laughs> right? And, and you know, you can get iodine from seaweed. Uh, there are plenty of ways to to get iodine um, in healthy proportions. What's really a problem is that there is so much sodium in the standard American diet that hypertension and heart disease are the leading causes of death for both men and women. So we need to be we need to be really conscious of the fact that. We got to be re- label readers. We want to make sure we're not getting a lot of added salt in our food. And you know, when you're looking at a label, you know the the ingredients are listed in the order of how much is included in the product you're buying. And then you can look and see how many, how much of a percentage of the daily amount of salt you should be having. So you really don't want added salt if you can help it. And the only way to really control salt in your diet is when you control your food at home. So we've switched. We don't have any sodium chloride in our house. I only use salt that was formed before pollution because there's a big concern right now with natural salts that are formed in our oceans that have microplastics in them Mm. from all those plastic bottles that are degrading in our oceans. So the healthiest salt, and this is really important for people to know, is Himalayan pink sea salt that's mined from the Kerala sea salt mines. So not all sea salt is created equal. Just because it's pink and it's in a jar doesn't mean it's actually Himalayan pink sea salt 
that was formed before pollution. So spend a little more money. You can get these great Himalayan um, pink sea salts online at Amazon. You can find them at Whole Foods. But just make sure you know where your salt came from. And use less salt. So I tell people, hey, I love salt, but I don't cook with salt. I only salt my food right before I eat it. Because when we cook with salt, it just gets absorbed into the food, and you just keep salting it. And before you know it, you've just added so much salt to your dish. So we need to get away from those, those chemically produced, and this is where so many of the problems come into play, all this commercial production of our food. It's changed the nutritional value of our food. It's changed the amount of things like sugar, salt, and bad fats that we're ingesting. And those are directly linked to these lifestyle diseases that are making us sick. So we want to be healthy. We want to have healthy habits like people in the blue zones. So the blue zones are the places in the world where people have lived longer and better than any place else. It was a big study done by National Geographic. Yeah, I had, uh, named, yeah. Who, what was the man's name? Dan Butner. Yeah, Dan's been on the show a couple times. Yeah, he's amazing. Um, it's a great website you can go to, The Blue Zones. Um, um, I love his books. And so we want to eat like people in the Blue Zones, and those people in the Blue Zones eat like our great-grandparents did. Right? So they eat some meat, but they don't eat a ton of meat. They eat a lot of vegetables and legumes and mushrooms and nuts and seeds. Um, and they get exercise and they don't have as much stress as we do. <laughs> Kristen, you just mentioned legumes and vegetables. And, you know, I, I hear both of, the, you know, both of those things a lot. But I'm not sure I completely understand the difference between a legume and a vegetable. I thought legume was French for vegetable. Ooh. Um, so legumes being um, things like beans. Um, okay. And um, even um, uh, lentils, things like that. Okay. Um, okay. I, I got it. And, and actually, um, it's really important for people to note that um, if you buy canned beans, they are already soaked, which is good, but you do need to watch out for sodium in, in canned vegetables. Um, and, which and is so put in as what, a preservative? A preservative and a flavoring. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things about about your book is that you try to talk about easy ways for people to begin trading habits they have for new habits and easy recipes and and easy ways to plan meals and shop for meals and so on um can you give a a couple of examples of habits we can we can swap out Absolutely. So I'm going to share my one of my absolute favorite habits, and that is hydrate better. So most of us are walking around partially dehydrated, and we don't even know it. And because of that, it tends to lead to overeating, poor food choices. It can make us hangry. 
our body doesn't know if it's hungry or thirsty. So sometimes we're thirsty, but our body's like signaling us and we're going to go grab that bag of chips and just chow them down. Um, so now how can I be dehydrated when I drink eight or ten cans of Coke a day? Oh, Oh, my friend, we need to speak. <laughs> we got to talk. Tom. I'm giving you all these great setups. <laughs> well, so I do help people um, become unaddicted to Coke and uh, diet sodas. And I usually have them do that by starting to cut the Coke or the diet soda uh, down with sparkling water. So start to get used to drinking less sweet because the more we drink and eat sweet, the more we crave sweet. And that actually goes for artificial sweeteners too. Artificial sweeteners are so bad, they disrupt our gut health. And, um, you know, we just, we already know that our wellness is really centered in our gut. So we want to be feeding the good bacteria in our gut, not the bad bacteria. So when we, when we ingest artificial ingredients, you know, and just because there are chemicals in food does not mean those chemicals are food. So when we ingest things that the human body was never meant to ingest, it creates inflammation. And this low-level inflammation is linked to all of those lifestyle diseases. So the low-level inflammation is so dangerous because we don't even know we have it. We're just kind of used to feeling kind of not 100%. You know, so we're drinking too much coffee or eating too much sugar because, you know, we're trying to feel better. We're trying to light up those pleasure centers. But, but, but going back to the water and the hydration, this is the low-hanging fruit of wellness. This is free. Anybody can do this. You should think about water as a powerful ally on your wellness journey. And one of the easiest things to do is start each day with 8 to 10 ounces of warm or room temperature water. And that will help you rehydrate after the fast that occurs during sleep. So when we're asleep, our body is fasting. And all of our major organs are going through their um, circadian rhythm and doing a detox. So our lymphatic system is all gunked up with this metabolic waste now. Our spinal fluid has, has come up. Um, and done a little power wash on our brains. Um, and so we want to help the body detoxify all of that and rehydrate after the fast that occurs during sleep. So the first beverage should be water. Then you can have your coffee. Um, and you want to think about drinking 8 to 10 ounces of water an hour for 10 hours a day. You don't want to drink your water all at once. You want to sip it so that your body can use it. You drink it all at once, you're going to be running to the bathroom. You sip it all day long your body will use it. You also talk about the advantages of adding fermented food to your diet. Ooh, I love fermented foods. Yes. And again, now we're going to the blue zones. We're going back to when our grandparents were little. And there was so much fermentation that was happening as a way to preserve foods. So we were getting, all, when we ferment food, lacto-ferment food, it's a... Um, it's a way of fermenting that uses salt and water, and it creates all these beneficial or good bacteria. So think things like um, krauts and slaws that um, you can buy in the, um, it's like in the dairy section of the grocery store now. There's yeah. all these different things, you know, these different colorful krauts, 
And, you know, think about having a scoop or two of those a day um, as a great way to eat the rainbow and, and get some fiber and feed that good bacteria in your gut. Maybe something like a kombucha, which is a fermented tea beverage loaded with polyphenols and B vitamins. It's a great swap for people who like carbonated things like sodas and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, the more fermented foods that we can add to our diet, the better. I, I even um, have on my website a blog post about how you can ferment your own. Um, but yeah, fermented foods feed that good bacteria in our gut. And and you talk about buying less food. And I used to um, do a thing uh, where basically I had a stock of stuff and I wouldn't buy things until something was running low or I was out of something and I would just restock the shelves and I found it to be really efficient you know I I would have the things I needed to make various recipes that I liked but I, I, I didn't have just a lot of stuff laying around um, and anyone who's ever moved <laughs> knows that <laughs> Our pantries, um, you know, those deep shelves, you know, things go back there and hide. You don't even know they've got them. Our freezers can be where food goes to die. Um, our condiments are expired. We have too many herbs and spices that are too old. You know, I have a signature program called the Kitchen Intervention. And when I'm working with private clients, the first thing we do is we create the conditions of life in their own kitchens to support the life they want to live. Because most people have too much stuff, they've got too much cookware, they've got a panini maker and a popcorn maker and, you know, a pasta maker, and guess what? If you use those things once a year, they can live in your garage. They don't need to take up valuable real estate in your kitchen. So we need less of everything. We need less cookware, but the right cookware. We need less ingredients, but the right ingredients. And when we shop for food each week, we need less food. We need better quality food, and we need to have a plan for all the food we buy. So I like your idea if you know things that you use. You know, you don't want to end up with, you know, three containers of soy sauce um, because you're not going to... I mean, I'm always shocked at what people have in their cabinets and my own cabinet, too, you know. I've shocked myself on occasion, but, uh, um, you know, I, I can't believe how fast the time is, is going, uh, Kristen. I, I'm really enjoying this conversation, and I think it's a good one to have, especially now as uh, people are going to begin coming out of hibernation pretty soon. Um the book is called How Healthy People Eat by Kristen Caulfield, who uh, is a culinary disruptor, <laughs> self-described. <laughs> um, Kristen, I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about and about the book and about you and your work, past, present, and future. Um, do you, you have a website, right? I do. So you can, people can find me at theculinarycure.com. Um, I am on Instagram at Kristen Cofield, and I post tips every single day that people can put into action. Um, I just, I'm really excited to share my book because it's not a diet. 
It's not a cookbook. It's really a guide. So for people who are ready to start their wellness journey, they want simple, easy to understand information. They want to understand what ingredients they should probably have in their kitchens. They want to know what the healthy habits are. And this is just a great sort of entry level for anybody who wants to do better. And if people want to go to my website at theculinarycure.com, I have a really nice freebie. It's Healthy Habits 101, and it's a it's sort of a mini version of my book. Um, it, it's an abridged version, I guess, and it's got some recipes and some tips, and it's a great starting place. So you're so nice to have me. I was so happy to be on your show today, Tom. Well, thanks, Kristen, and... Uh... I, I guess we'll uh, we'll end it there, but um, bon appetit. Eat well to be well. <laughs> very good, very good. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you so much, Tom. Take care. That was Kristen Cofield. She is uh, the founder of the Culinary Cure and a uh, culinary disruptor, as well as the author of How Healthy People. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Old-fashioned radio For a new generation TomSumnerProgram.com TomSumnerProgram.com Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, Scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. 
Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately and with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not, is a major factor in dancing like a retard, may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them, also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people, and it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! From the Tom Sumner Show. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation, the Bickersons. (laughs) Like most married women, Blanche Bickerson is a romanticist. Having talked poor husband John into taking her on a second honeymoon, three o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson in the lobby of a small hotel at Niagara Falls. Exhausted and bleary-eyed from the long drive, John Bickerson unloads the luggage outside as his wide-awake wife talks to the night clerk. Let's listen. It doesn't really matter about the room as long as we have a nice view of the falls. Yes, ma'am. I'll bet you don't remember me. No, ma'am. Well, I wouldn't expect you to with all the honeymoon couples you meet. I was here seven years ago. Is that so? Yes. Well, better luck this time. Oh, we're still married to each other. We're just having a second honeymoon. Do many people do that? No, ma'am. I wonder why. I wouldn't know, ma'am. Are you married? No, ma'am. Arthritis makes me walk this way. Will you please sign the register? Oh, 
I'm sorry. Last time we were here, we had to wait two days for a room. We stayed in a motel in Buffalo. Oh, here you are. Thank you. Is that Bickerson? Yes. Didn't I sign it right? Yes, ma'am. Mrs. John Bickerson and husband. Here's the key. Room 318. There's the automatic elevator over there. We don't have any bellboys at night. Oh, that's all right. I'll go out to the car and get my husband. John, where is he? He's not in the car. I wonder if he took the luggage out of the trunk. Good heavens! John, get out of that trunk, you darned fool! John, John, John! Blanche, 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 shut the door. There's a draft. Come out of that thing. All right, all right, all right. Don't pull. Ow, my hand! Oh, serves you right. Pick up that luggage and straighten yourself up. Ow. I don't want you to go in that nice hotel looking like a ragamuffin. It's a nice muffin. Um, Grab a couple of these bags, will you, Blanche? No! It wouldn't look right on our honeymoon. Come on! Oh, my back. Where's the bellboy? We don't have any at night. Are you the clerk? Yes, sir. Where's the register? I I want a room with a bed. I've already signed it. You've got a room. Good. Where are you going to sleep? Come on, John. Stop dragging your feet. I just drove 2,000 miles for a second honeymoon. Lead me to my room. You had to talk like that in front of the clerk. Oh, let me sleep, will you, Blanche? I'd just like to go one place with you that you didn't embarrass and humiliate me. You've been unbearable since we left home. Keep going. In here? Yes. Pull the bags in so I can shut the door. No windows? No nothing? How much do they get for this broken down room? This is the elevator! (laughs) Oh, well, push the button or something and get it started. I can't keep my eyes open another minute. I was afraid this would happen. I'd hoped that going on a second honeymoon would bring us closer together. Can't get much closer than this, unless you throw the luggage out. Every time I want you to be romantic, you're so distant, John. What is keeping us apart? The brown suitcase. What floor are we on? I'm sleepy. You're always sleepy. When you're not sleepy, you're humiliating me. I'll never be able to face that night clerk in the morning. You won't have to. Why not? There'll be a day clerk. Which way is the room? I don't know, and I don't care. I'm going to stay in the elevator. Oh, come on, will you, Blanche? Well, say you're sorry. I'm sorry. Now, where's the room? Right in front of you, 318. Well, open the door before I collapse. Thank heaven. I gotta get some sleep. Well, put the lights on. Don't stumble around in the dark. Don't want to open my eyes. Just aim me at the bed and give me a shove. I'm not gonna let you sleep until you undress properly and unpack the luggage. Oh, Blanche, why'd you have to bring so much stuff? You've got as much stuff as I have. I have not. All I brought was my toothbrush and my overnight bottle. You and that bourbon. You wouldn't take five steps away from home without it. Well, I can still remember what happened when we got snowbound in that cabin. That wasn't so terrible. Oh, not much. I had to live for two weeks on nothing but food and water. Don't throw my things around like that. There's no closet. Where shall I put these dresses? In the drawer. Where do you want these drawers? In the dresser. Fold up your pants neatly and put them under the mattress. Okay. Well, take them off first. John, what a fool I was to think you'd change. 
The second honeymoon was just as big a mistake as our first one. Oh, no, it wasn't. I'm so sorry you made me go on this trip that I could just die. I didn't make you go. You shanghaied me. You even tried to get me to marry you again. Was that such an unreasonable request? Yes, it isn't legal. Why not? A man can't be punished twice for the same crime. Oh, that's too bad about you. How you shame me in front of all my friends. And after I sent the invitations out, too. Well, I wasn't going to have any formal wedding and put out a lot of dough to feed your hungry friends and their squalling brats. There wouldn't have been any brats there at all. How do you know? Because I said plainly on the invitation, Mr. and Mrs. John Bickerson will be married March 9th. No children expected. Put out the lights. I'm never going back to that horrible apartment we live in. I'm going to sit here and stare at the falls forever. Wouldn't hurt you to look at them either, John. I see them every day on the shredded wheat box. How can you be so cynical? I'm glad I have a little romance in my soul. Just mm. the sight of those falls brings back memories. Mm, yeah. Sit up, John. Look at that cascade. Doesn't it remind you of something? Yeah. What, John? I think I left the water running in the bathtub. John, you didn't. Okay, I didn't. Good night, Blanche. I never should have trusted you to lock up. Now I'm really worried. Did you close all of the windows? Close the windows. You didn't leave any lights burning, did you? Uh, no. Did you leave food for the cat? Left enough for a week. What did you leave him? A six-pound tin of corned beef. Did you empty it into a plate? No. Well, how do you expect the cat to eat? I left the can opener on top. Stop worrying about the cat. We should have taken all the animals with us. Poor little canary locked in the cage. Cat can't get out of the house. And who is going to feed the goldfish? Oh, I'll bet they're terribly unhappy. Oh, they're not unhappy. They're having a fine vacation. They are not. They are, too. When I left, the cat was fishing. Fishing? Where? In the goldfish bowl. He was using the canary for bait. John Bickerson! Oh, go to sleep. The canary and the goldfish are fine, and I wish the cat would drop dead. Don't talk like that. I love that cat. When I get home, I'm going to enter him in a cat show. What for? He couldn't win anything. Maybe not, but he'd meet a lot of nice cats. Go to sleep, will you, Blanche? I'm not sleepy. Why don't you sit up and talk to me? Blanche, people don't talk at four in the morning. You talked until five o'clock on our first honeymoon. You kept reciting poetry and telling me how beautiful I was. Do you remember what you said, John? No. You told me your love for me was like a raging inferno. You said you had a fierce fire blazing in your breast like a live coal. What happened to it, John? It's only a clinker now. How can you say such terrible things to me? Blanche, I'm so sleepy, I don't know what I'm saying. I'd like to hear you say things like that to Gloria Gooseby. Can't I even go to Niagara Falls without Gloria Gooseby? The only reason you didn't was because she wouldn't have you. What? You proposed to her 15 times before you proposed to me. You big second fiddle, you. I never proposed to Gloria Gooseby, and you know it. And the next time I see her, I'm going to punch her husband, Leo, right in the nose. What have you got against Leo? He's a better husband than you are. I'm sick of hearing that, too. Leo Gooseby is a cheap, chiseling bum. He is not. He's more generous than you. Would Leo Gooseby give you a new dress? No. Would he give you a new hat? No. Would he give you a mink coat? No. Would you give me a mink coat? No. Why should I give you anything? Leo wouldn't. Stop 
screaming. You'll wake up the whole hotel. Well, stop goading me. You want me to do nothing but fight, fight, fight. No, I don't. All I do is ask for proof you love me, and you go into a tantrum. Blanche, what more proof do you want? I tell it to you a thousand times a day. I raise a new crop of freckles to spell out I love you. I painted it on all the Burma shave signs. Somebody's at the door, John. Honey, honey, honey. Honey! Madam, this is not a beehive. It's my bedroom. What are people wandering around in the halls this time of night? Don't be so crabby. It's probably some nice little bride who can't find her husband. Maybe he's lost. He isn't lost. He's hiding. Put out the lights, will you, Blanche? I've got a vile headache. Nobody told you to yell your brains out. Good night. If you just stand here and look at the falls for a few minutes... Your headache will go away and you'll sleep fine. Mm. Where does all that water come from? I once read it goes over at the rate of 346,000 gallons a second. John? Yeah? Are the falls higher on the American side or on the Canadian side? I don't know. I'll have to find out in the morning. What a majestic spectacle. I'm convinced there's nothing in the world like Niagara Falls. Except you, Blanche. Really, John? Why do you say that? Because you never dry up either. Good night, John. Alexander Zanjic, don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner.